Bet365 sponsors our podcast and features over 300,000 sporting events on their betting app. It's got everything you'll ever need to bet on sport. Did you know you can create personalised bets with Bet365? Their bet builder lets you calculate the odds for any game right there in your hands. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of UINs, the brand new West Ham podcast. I'm Sam Delaney, I'm joined by Rashane Thomas and we are here in the pub. What's this pub called again? Yeah, the beer merchant tap. Anyway, it's just around the corner from uh, Hackney Wick. They've kindly accommodated us this evening. And we've just come straight from the London Stadium having watched West Ham defeated 2-0 at the hands of Liverpool. Possibly the greatest club side in the world right now. Rashane, what did you make of the performance? I mean, quite fortunate that it was only 2-0 that was the final result, to be honest, because it could have been 4-0, Liverpool more clinical. But... Look at that game, I think, like, Lanzini again, didn't really take his opportunity. Hala didn't have one shot on goal. No. Well, one shot on goal for that whole match. So looking no. at thinking, like, there's no... Apart from the fact it was 2 no defeat, there's not much encouragement, in my opinion. You don't think there's any positives to take from that game? I won't take any positives. Yeah, well, I disagree. I tell you what, I went into the game thinking, well, I thought it could be a proper tonking. I think most people did. I thought we could be wiped out if we played like we did against West Brom. I didn't think we were great, but I, did, I wasn't expecting us to lose by just two goals. And I've got to say as well, we had Allison kept them in the game. I mean, listen, I don't doubt that Liverpool didn't have to click, click into fifth gear tonight by any means. But Allison made a, a, a series of decent saves, two from Declan Rice, one from Snodgrass in the second half. We had some good old chances, and, and that's created against the, the best defence in the league. So all I thought coming away from was there were some pretty poor performances. I thought Lanzini was absolutely diabolical. He is hiding from the ball, that bloke. He is absolutely hiding from it. And do you know how I know, Rache? How do you? Because I have played that way in games throughout my footballing career. I know how it's done. I know how you can very carefully perform in a football match, right? Whereby... You make yourself look as if you kind of want the ball, but really you're doing everything you can yeah. to discourage other people from passing to you, right? There's a fine art to it. Yeah. I perfected it, and so has Lanzini. Yeah. Like, recognise like, right? <laughs> he does not want to know. Halla is pretty much the least intimidating six-foot-three yeah. bloke I've ever seen, right? But there were some decent performances. Snodgrass, yeah. Rice, thought Ogbonna had a decent game. Yeah. Uh, I bought the new lad, yep, whose Jeremy. name I cannot yet pronounce, well, can it's, you? His first name is Jeremy, I can't pronounce his last name. Ngakia. Ngakia, okay, that, that, sounds, that sounds about right, Ngakia. There's a third voice here that people can hear that I ought to uh, introduce. Uh, my old mate, long-term hammer. Rich, what did you make of the game? I'm actually looking forward to the Brighton game because I think... It's a massive game, isn't it, no, Rich? Well, it's okay, a massive so the, game. The point is, I'm going into games at the moment knowing where we're, where we're going to fall down. Yeah. Like, okay, so... Like you, you go, you're going, you're going into a situation what these games these days, and you're going right. Okay, so there's no formation, there's no consistency with the players, there's no reliability with the players, there's no real formation, there's nothing that can say to you that you can go out and beat a team. 
This Athletic Podcast is brought to you in association with Stitch Fix, an online personal styling service that takes the hard work out of dressing well. To get started, go to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic. Fill in a style quiz and tell us about your personal style, budget, size and shape and your clothing needs and wants. A personal stylist will then send you five items of clothing, each hand-picked especially for you from our selection of 100 brands, including established names and up-and-coming designers. Try on everything at home and style with other items in your wardrobe. You can then pay for what you love and send back the rest. For your stylist time, you pay a charge of just £10, which is deducted from the cost of anything you decide to buy. Remember, you try it before you buy. Delivery and returns are free both ways and you don't need a subscription to sign up. Get started with Stitch Fix today and support our podcast. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-F-I-X dot co dot UK forward slash athletic. Do you know what someone said to me um, during the game? When, when it was clear that the game was just fizzling out as a standard 2-0 defeat, they said, do you know what? I thought there was only going to be two outcomes tonight. The likely outcome was we were going to be thrashed, but in spectacular style and watch one of the greatest club sides of recent times in their absolute pomp. And we would lose by seven or eight, right? Or we would do a bit of a classic West Ham and somehow pull out a 1-0 victory, right? Where we score a goal, we score a penalty, and then we come back, right? And he said, and neither of those things have happened, and I feel short-changed, because my attitude is to Liverpool, if you're going to beat us, beat us bloody properly. Yeah. Not like this. Yeah. I felt patronised by their performance. <laughs> I, there, there, was a moment, there was a moment when Snodgrass broke through. He had two good chances. The first one, Alisson pulled off a beautiful one, one-handed save down to his side. And then not long afterwards, Snodgrass broke through again. And uh, although how we kept breaking through, he's not the quickest. I mean, I love Snodgrass, but he's, he's not the quickest. But somehow they, he, they let him through again. And um, Virgil van Dijk strolled across. He was almost taking the time to light a cigar as he did so. He's that elegant, isn't he? Talk about Rolls-Royce footballer. He strolled over to poor old Robert Snodgrass and very carefully and coolly he just almost strolled next to him and sort of gently ushered him, as if he was saying, over here, please, sir. He didn't touch the player, he didn't touch the ball. He just sort of strolled in front of him and directed him away from the goal. And Snodgrass, as if he was an obedient dog, just followed in the direction that Van Dyke was almost pointing him in. And Van Dyke, and then, you know, they won back possession, and I saw Van Dyke, who was immaculate, not a, not a hair out of place, not a single grass stain about his person. <laughs> no sweat. I thought, that is some player. But I also thought, well, that sums up this performance. Because I, I actually thought West Ham turned in a decent game. I mean, put it this way. If we'd played like we did tonight against West Brom, we might have got something out of that game, right? But Liverpool, it was patronising. I didn't feel... I felt that we went close. Rice had a couple of great yeah. efforts. I thought if we had scored one of those chances, yeah. Liverpool would have just scored another yeah. one and that would have been that. But... I mean, listen, you heard what Moyes had to say after the game. I'm sure he took some positives away. Let's have a listen to what he said. I think the players will feel that in lots of things tonight that was, that was positive. I thought they were tactically well organised, disciplined when they had to be. I thought some of the defenders stood up to, to good challenges tonight. Organisational wise, I thought they dealt really well with things which Liverpool 
caused them. I thought the effort of the, of the midfield boys was excellent and it was always not going to be easy to, for us to create loads and loads of opportunities but we probably had three or four good chances and a good, like Declan's header, I mean I'd sort of turned away to think he'd gone in and uh, the goalkeeper pulled out, it was a great save. I can just ask as well, we couldn't help but notice when Lanzini came off, quite a lot of cheers from the crowd and obviously I don't think they were cheering him off for his performance, it was kind of ironic if you like, I just wanted to get your reaction on Well, mine is, he's arguably one of our best players if not, not our best player. When I was here before, I needed him as much as I needed Marko Nautovic. He was such a good player for us and I'm desperate to get him back to the levels he's at. I trust him. I believe that he can get back to those levels. He's had a bad injury. And what I need is I need the supporters to be right behind him because we need him. Because at the moment he's our flair, he's our, it, it, the person who might make the difference. So what he needs is support and that's what I'm trying to give him. But I also need him to, you know, to make sure that he does the right things for us as well. But there's nobody more behind him than me to try and make sure that we get him back to the level he was at before. Okay, so there you go. What was your impression of him in the room? Do you think he do you think he still believes? Do you think he do you think, having spent time in the presence of David Moyes, Rashane, that he is gonna be able to get something extra out of these players between now and the end of the season? I believe he can, but it seems for the time being he's becoming way too reliant on Lanzini. He's still keeping faith in him, but he was asked about Lanzini. In fact, before I even get into that, the fans sarcastically applauded Lanzini. Yeah, coming I off. thought it was brutal. Because I thought Lanzini, we were I mean we were slating him all the way through the game. I was delighted when he finally went off. Yeah. But like cheering his yeah. substitution, I thought it was pretty brutal yeah. for the lad, yeah. So that'll definitely knock his confidence now. Yeah. So yeah, so Moyes is pretty much saying, Lanzini's going nowhere. Like, he, he's still in my team. Like, he was so good for me the last time I was here. And hopefully yeah. the same will happen now. You've got alternatives to Lanzini. Yeah. I cannot believe you yeah. could play a jetty. You could play yeah. four nows. Yeah. And when Anderson and Antonio become fit, you've got yeah. them as options and in Yarmolenko that position too. Well. And Yarmolenko. Yeah. There are plenty of players you could play in that position. Yeah. How he is getting yeah. in the team is beyond belief. And, and the thing is, in my opinion, four nows of confidence is has been knocked now because he's not, he's not playing. When yeah. he does start, he's taking off at our yeah. mark or whatnot. So he was, he was good for us in the mock for December. Like, scoring goals, providing assists, but now I think his confidence has been ruined now. Rich, what do you think? Lanzini stumped the place out, didn't he? Yeah, well, he has done for a long time now. Um, four nils, I'm, I'm loath to kind of give the guy a hard time because purely I know that if you put a player like that into a decent side that's got confidence and playing well, he will perform. Similar to someone like Lanzini, the thing is Lanzini got got at, he's been underperforming for too long for it to be a coincidence that he don't want to be anymore. And that really is what's upsetting everyone, that's why he's been getting grief when he's leaving the pitch. Come on man, like we would never have done that. And so like when you think of that, and I think a final was like, all I know is that that little bit that we all did before the season started, when we all thought we was going to get into Europe, right? Look at this guy, look at this player. He's shining in international competition, and he comes to us, and then we capitulate away to Everton, and our dreams fade. We've signed this fella from Slavia Prague. He sounds alarmingly like um, David Moyes' all-time favourite yeah. player, Fellaini. Uh, Can you pronounce his name? Did you sign him? Uh, no, I've forgotten. I did. I, I thought I'd mastered it earlier. 
Now, how's it spelled? Well, it's Thomas Boy with H. Yeah, what's his surname? Don't, don't say the easy bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know how to say Thomas. Yeah. Tell me the hard I bit. I believe his last name is pronounced Sukek. Sukek? Yeah, Sukek. Okay, all right. So Sukek, he's six foot four, he's a big lad, defensive midfielder, but he's a goal threat. Yeah. It's Marianne Fellaini, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Moyes' favourite player. A defensive midfielder who can also score goals. Um, a great header of the ball. So we've got him. He's played in Champions League. Yeah. I suppose he's someone who, who could potentially go straight into the team. Yeah. Uh, what else is on the horizon? Well, he was asked if he's interested in getting another striker in due to Haller's like four percentage in the market to try and get another one in. Even his press conference, he said it's been a bid for another player. Didn't confirm like mm. if it's a striker, defender, or another midfielder. But I would like to see the club like get another creative player in. I feel like we need a bit more creativity. In. So that should be, might be in the priority before uh, mm. deadline on Friday. Yeah, but we think it's going to be a striker and a right back, yeah, right? Yeah, right back, yeah. Yeah. But what did we think of the day, de the debutant today at right back? Yeah. Young lad, very small lad. Yeah. I mean, he looked like he'd come yeah, straight from school. Uh, he looked nervy, yeah. understandably, at the beginning, but he yeah. did all right, yeah. didn't he? And the thing is, well, I've covered quite a few uh, under 23 games this yeah. season. And like, Ben Johnson's been a standout. He's yeah. right back, but he's injured right now. Jeremy's also been good, and he also plays centre back as well, so he's a bit versatile. I've noticed what you're doing again is using this Christian name instead yeah. of the hardest to pronounce oh, yeah. surname. Yeah. You tried the same <laughs> trick twice in the space of two minutes. No one calls him Jeremy. I know, but that's yeah. a silly name for a footballer, isn't it? But we think he can't play centre back. He looks about five foot yeah. one. I know, but he plays well. Like, I thought like, like, decent performance. He made a lot of encouraging runs. Offered more than what Zabaleta would offer, in my opinion. Right. So, yeah, it looked decent. Yeah, well, that, see, there's, I think there was some cause for encouragement, yeah. I think. Um, now, we hope that we've got what we've got, that just another under 48 hours until yeah. the, the transfer window yeah. slams, slams shut. Clearly, we need a couple more in. Maybe there's hope. Maybe there is a little bit of hope. I, I think in this team, I can see players who are who are putting an effort in. And I've seen West Ham teams relegated where no one's putting an effort yeah. in. And I've got a vision I'm gonna leave you with, right? And I've outlined it to, to my mate Neb before the game. I said, it all came to me on the tube. All we need, right, it's not even a lot of money. What we've got is a huge piece of real estate in the center of the most attractive city in the world, right? We don't own it. But if someone, a big sports investment brand out in America or something like this, came in, bought the club, and announced on the first day after buying the club that their intention was to buy the stadium. They would have no trouble buying this stadium, right, off of the powers that be, because this country, everything's up for sale, right? <laughs> they, and and uh, the quickest way to get the fans on side is to buy the club and then say on day one, listen, you know we don't, you know, we know that you don't know us, we know you think we're from another country and we don't get football, we don't get West Ham, but what we're going to do is buy this stadium, right? So it's ours. And then we're going to redevelop the whole bastard thing to make it into a giant version of Upton Park. And everything's going to change, right? And, uh, and, and it would be the soundest investment in the world because you've bought a Premier League football club, which is just a license to print money because of the ongoing television deals you get. And on top of that, you own a huge plot of land slap bang in the center of the capital city of pretty much the world. What can go wrong? It's the greatest investment opportunity in the world right now. The fact that people aren't falling over themselves to do it 
from Beijing to bloody Washington and everywhere in between. Well, maybe they are, maybe they're plotting. But you heard it here first. And I tell you something else as well, and this will be controversial. When they do knock that bowl down and redevelop it into a state-of-the-art version of Upton Park, I'll spend two years going up the road and watching West Ham play their home games at Arsenal. Because it'll be worth it. Anything but this right now. Good point. Name of the episode, anything but this. Rich, thanks for joining us. Rashane will be back again right. speaking after the Brighton game, Brighton game which is I must win. it's not a three pointer, it's not a six pointer, it's a nine pointer. <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and it's this Saturday exactly and it's at London Stadium yeah. and you can listen to UIN straight after the show. So join us then, come on your own. And remember everyone, there's only one Samasia boot.